On this week's episode of Chit Chat with Corley, we are joined by senior soccer player Elliot Spangler. He sits down, talks to us about how his season's been going, his high school experience, life with brothers and sisters, and much, much more. And starting this week, we'll have a new weekly segment with our defensive coordinator from our Whiteland Warriors football team, John Preston, where he'll recap week one, talk about the upcoming week, and just uh, give him a spot where he can talk football. So let's jump right into it with our interview with Elliot Spangler here on Chit Chat with Corley. We are back with another episode of Chit Chat with Corley here on a Sunday in Whiteland. And this week's guest, we are joined by Elliot Spangler, a senior here on the soccer team. That's probably how most of you all know him. Or if you're maybe one of our older listeners from last year, two two years ago, the younger brother of Macy Spangler. And if you're from further back than that, the younger brother of Dalton Spangler, correct? So correct. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about that first with your siblings because... Uh, you're the last of the Spanglers, I believe. Is that one more? That's right. You told me there's one more. What's his? It's brother or sister? Yeah, younger brother. His name is Charlie Spangler. Yeah, Charlie Spangler. So he's going to take radio TV, right? Well, you see, there's actually a problem there. He actually goes to Greenwood Christian. So mm. not a Whiteland kid. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll just let him we'll let him be over at GCA then. But uh, it's good to have you on uh, the podcast. Uh, it's kind of funny. I always talk trying to try to explain to people how I. Uh, I've met the different guests I've had, and you were someone that I didn't really know until kind of last year through coming to some soccer games, and we started broadcasting soccer, and uh, I would just see in the hallway and be like, hey, how's soccer going, all that, but now you're my TA for second, first first or sec- second period, and uh, it's been nice getting to know you over the, uh, over the last two years. For those that don't know Elliot, like one of the nicest guys in the school, so let's start with that. How, how did you come about this nice guy, like... Is it just the way you were raised or just the way, like, how do you, how did you become such a nice guy? Tough oh, question. Oh, man, yeah, that is a that is an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I guess I've just always been like that, you know. Um, probably has a lot to do with, like, my family life, the way I was raised. Um, I don't know. Just something I always try to do, uh, try to do in my whole life is just no reason to be stupid and annoying all the time. Yeah. Now I will ask you: Does that also extend to the soccer field? That nice guy attitude. Oh man, that's a that's a different story. I would say, <laughs> I would say I uh, try my best, and uh, especially as being a leader, it's important to not be a, a jerk to your teammates. But it also gets to those high pressure situations where you don't you don't need to be a, a nice guy anymore. You just got to get on your teammates if they're doing something wrong. Now, well, speaking of soccer, the one thing I always I tease you about is, you know people won't realize that you are probably one of our better athletes, not only on that team, but in the school, but you're a guy that soccer just the way it is. You don't really have any stats. Like if you go to max preps, you probably won't even realize that Elliot Spangler is on the team. So how would you say that you impact the game? Cause you're, you're a defensive player. So to explain to people that maybe don't know soccer, how you impact the team, what your role is on the team. Yeah. So soccer is, uh, is a really different sport. Like he was saying, there's no, not really a whole lot of stats, especially for defense. I would say when it comes to stats, it's really just offensive when it uh, assists and goals, and, and that's about it. So um, I play defense uh, in the center center back position, which is uh, basically the furthest back you can get, and my biggest role is to um, anytime the ball is coming up on offense, I either step to it, to uh, step to that attacker to get the ball, or I sink back and wait for a pass to come through and just block it off 
um, basically doing anything I can to not let the ball get near the goalie. Now, you all just got back from the Hatchet Classic this past week, and let's start with just the trip as a whole, because it's not too often. You all, I believe, went down on Friday night and got to stay overnight. So just from the trip perspective, forget about soccer, what was that like? Because when I was in high school playing tennis, we would get to do some overnight trips. That's got to be a fun way to bond with the guys. Yeah, it was definitely something. We've never done anything like that before, aside from like camps over the summer, but this was the first year that we have went to a hotel during the season, and uh, it was really, really good team bonding. We all kind of walked around um, the small, very small city of Washington and uh, got some dinner and then we were uh, probably stayed up too late messing around, but um, which may not have, which may have been a part of the uh, scores that happened the day after, but it was really good team bonding and, and it was it was good for our team chemistry for sure. Yeah, because you all had two games uh, that day. So first one, you, I think you told me was 2-1, lost in PKs, and then the second one, what was the result of that one? Yeah, well, the first one wasn't lost in PKs. It was lost because of a PK. Oh, because of PK. Is, 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 it's fairly similar, but it was just a PK during the game, whereas PKs after the game is a different story. But, um, yeah, the second one was 3-1. to one. Um, And then, yeah, so the first game basically was uh, pretty tight the whole game and uh, just didn't really end up finishing in goal on offense very much. And the two goals that were scored on us were uh, just simple mistakes that, uh, shouldn't have happened whereas it was defenders that shouldn't have stepped or um, our goalie maybe um, losing the ball when it was in his hands he should just be able to keep it but um, nothing that was super soccer related if that makes sense yeah just more the kind of the weird weird situations that happen that don't always happen in a soccer game right yeah so going back to the trip aspect though uh, what would you say in terms of you know the soccer guys especially when I was around more last year Seems like you guys are a pretty tight knit group of guys. There's a lot of a lot of buddies that you have on the team, especially the senior class last year was pretty close with the juniors or now seniors this year, and now it seems like you all are still pretty tight. So, you've been a part of this team for this is going on your fourth year. What's it like in terms of building a culture, just chemistry, uh, with having those tight relationships with it seems like most of the team. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's def- I never thought I'd be a senior. You know, a lot of people say it, but you get here and you're like, man. I never thought I'd actually be here as a senior. The leader, the group we have is um, probably one of the biggest senior classes we've ever had here, Uh, 13 of us, um, which is crazy because on senior night there's not even going to be some seniors that are on the field. Um, So it's definitely something uh, interesting to work with a lot of seniors. Um, But, yeah, we all stay pretty close. Um, And then, yeah, we're pretty good at bringing in the younger guys. There's a couple um, sophomores and juniors on varsity and um i mean when it comes down to it it's just like we try our best outside of the soccer field to hang out with each other like whether it's um after a saturday game going and getting lunch or um hanging out on a weekend we don't have a game and stuff like that it's really important to be with each other outside of the pitch because uh when you're on the field you don't have to be friends um because it's all business at least that's what we try to um make our culture is Whenever you're on the field, whenever you're at practice, at a game, we shouldn't be messing around. We shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. we got to be um, very serious so we can try to get it done. Um, and then when we're outside of the field, that's when we're friends. That's when we're hanging out and getting that um, close-knit community. So so with that being said, uh, you have a, a, a friend and a teammate on the, on the team, David Mathis. He was our kicker last year and this year, and uh, before that, Crystal Walton. I'm sure you played with him 
uh, earlier in your career. What was that conversation like with David when he's like, "Yeah, the football team wants me to to kick fo- to kick for them." You know, is is that something you guys are kind of like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense," or is it like, you know, what was what was the initial reaction when when David starts talking about football? Yeah, so we actually have had had a lot of uh, soccer players who are as well kickers. So um, actually, a lot of people don't know this, but my freshman year, I was the kicker for the freshman team. Um, I didn't end up liking it, so I, I just was that because to focus you on... weren't very good at it, or just didn't like the football. Um, I wouldn't say I was amazing, but um, some of the football coaches have definitely tried to get me back. <laughs> um, Preston Price sent me an email every year, but um, no, not to focus on that. Um, Logan Beers, Dalton, my older brother Dalton Spangler, and then Crystal Walton, now David. Um, lots of soccer players who moved to football, and we definitely all understood. Uh, whenever David said he was going to do that because um, dude's got a leg. Um, Even on the soccer pitch, it's not just like a football and a soccer is a lot different. But when it comes to sheer power, like there's not a, not probably not another person on the soccer pitch who has as strong as uh, David. Yeah. When you see David walk into a room, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, this guy's going to be a kicker for a football team, right? He just, he kind of just unassuming kind of quiet guy if you're not around him all the time. And uh, then when he starts to open up, obviously has that kind of funny personality. But when he told me he was going to start kicking, I was kind of like, you're, you're going to be the kicker for the football team? And he's like, yeah. And then you go out there and you see him kick. You're like, dang, this guy can knock down some some field goals for, from distance. So it's pretty cool that he gets to do both of that. Now, uh, growing up, any other sports that you played or have you just been soccer all the way through? Um, I'd say I was pretty versatile whenever I was younger. Um, so the way I actually got into soccer was when I was about – Oh, I don't know, maybe five or six years old. So my dad always grew up playing basketball and baseball. Um, I never got into baseball or anything like that, but we always played basketball with my dad um, and like rec leagues and stuff like that. Um, but I was at the gathering place, which has like basketball courts and then right behind it, an indoor soccer field. So um, I was playing basketball for a team with my dad and I was on the bench one game and I was looking behind me at the soccer game and my dad was trying to get my attention. I was just locked in on the soccer game. I was like, this looks awesome. Um, and then eventually got my attention. I went back into the game. And after that game, my parents talked and they were like, like, should we just like sign him up for soccer? Like he looks like he's all interested in that. So that was the start of that. And then ever since then, um, I haven't really played a lot of sanctioned sports. Um, but athletically, like I could, my parents never wanted me to play football, but like I was always thrown in the backyard with my dad and stuff like that. Um, I would say the only sport I never really got into is as far as like watching or playing with my friends is probably baseball um if I tried to pick it up it'd probably take a lot longer than any other sport which is which goes with the sport as well but um yeah I mostly soccer I ran track in middle school and freshman year um which kind of goes with soccer as well lots of running but other than that not a whole lot of um, actual sanctioned sports so so not to bring up bad memories but this past summer you had a, a little bit of a battle with adversity if you will and you were playing some uh, summer soccer. Tell tell us about uh, about your summer of adversity, if you will. Yeah, so um, I played travel spot soccer in the spring, and I got through my whole season. Uh, our last tournament of the season, I was playing and uh, racing a guy down the field. Uh, tough challenge. He shoves me a little bit. We were both running full speed, and I land right on my left shoulder at a weird angle, and uh, the collarbone snaps. So that was a definite weird start to my summer um I wasn't sure what it was going to look like I wasn't sure how I was going to handle it but um it was interesting very interesting I've never had an injury before I definitely jinxed it the day before 
Um, I was talking to my brother. I was like, man, I'm so surprised I've been playing soccer since I was eight. Um, and I've always been an aggressive player. Never gotten injured. Never even an ankle twist or anything like that. And then the day after, I go and break my collarbone. So. Yeah, that sounds like uh, me back in 2018. I you know, kind of would always say the same thing, like, yeah, I've never had a broken bone or done anything weird like to get injured. Now, granted, I wasn't like a natural athlete, so I wasn't probably putting myself in a lot of situations. And then uh, me and some friends, I was working in Tennessee at the time, decided to go down to uh, Ober-Gatlinburg where they have skiing. And we go on the bunny, and I had just gone snowboarding for the first time the week before. Fine, little bruise just from some falls. And so we go to the, uh, to, I try to ski that weekend. Go to the little bunny hill, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. So I go up to the next one, which is, like, pretty steep, and I go flying down this hill, and I don't know. And they're like, they were telling me to stop. Like, they, if you've ever skied before, they tell you to pizza your skis so you can kind of dig in and stop. I thought he was saying tuck the poles. So I just throw these poles, and I'm starting to gather speed. I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to end well. And there's this little girl right in the middle of the slope. So I'm trying to fall. Immediately, my knee twists, and I could feel the pop and hear the pop. And I got lucky. didn't tear anything but, like, bad sprain in the MCL, PCL, and ACL. And I had to go to uh, some physical therapy for that. But, yeah, it's definitely probably weird having that first injury. And then, of course, you're thinking probably to yourself at the time, oh, of course, right before senior season. Yeah, it was it was something I had to get used to for sure. Um, the whole summer, um, I realized, obviously, like I'm not going to be able to practice. I'm not going to be able to do anything. So um, I was thinking through, like, what am I going to be able to do to get prepared for a season? Um, and so the only thing I could think of was um, I just have to be a leader in this team. So showed up to every practice went to the team camp, the overnight uh, team camp that was three days, um, and I just did everything I could to uh, make sure that I was a part of the team as a leadership role and uh, making sure that I could be along with the chemistry. So once I was ready to come back, um, it was like I was there the whole time, just not actually on the field. So Now, uh, if I recall, you also told me you weren't getting very many good nights of sleep because you were, what, sleeping in a recliner or something like that? Yeah, so the first, uh, oh, I don't know, three weeks, I had to sleep in a recliner. Couldn't be on my side, either of the sides, because of the... Um, so basically, whenever you break your collarbone, you're just in a sling. There's no um, brace or anything like that, because you just have to relax, and it'll heal itself. Um, and so you can't let your shoulder shift whenever you sleep. So you're sleeping on your back in a recliner, and I remember staying up till probably 1 o'clock almost every night, just because... I couldn't sleep, just laying there, staring at the ceiling, and then waking up at, you know, 7 o'clock for soccer practice. And it was just like I kept getting more and more and more tired, and I was like, oh, I'll sleep good night because I'm so tired. And then you just lay there and stare at the ceiling. Man, I wish this would end. Yeah, it's not the most comfortable position. Probably just be like, all right, now what? Like sitting here, laying back, and you think you're going to get a good night's sleep, but end up not. Now, shifting away from soccer, um, this obviously senior year, you all have had – gone through some very different uh, educational circumstances than most with obviously the pandemic and all that. But outside of the pandemic, how would you say your high school experience maybe was it or has been one that you, was it what you expected? Has it been different? And how, how have the different years, you know, from freshman now to a senior, how have they all been different? Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's definitely weird to look at it whenever you're not thinking about COVID because it seems like that was the biggest thing that happened in general. But I was never like everybody going into middle, from middle school to high school. Everybody was like, oh, man, high school is going to be so much different and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, I had two older siblings that had been through my situation multiple times or once each, obviously. And they kind of told me they're like, yeah, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like just middle school with slightly more freedom and a bunch of dumb kids that walk around the hallway. So um, were you one of those dumb kids your freshman year? 
I hope not. <laughs> it's a very good chance I was. We'd have to get some uh, upperclassmen maybe from your younger years to speak on that. Yeah, we might have to ask some people, but yeah, it was. I mean, it's just it's just school. Um, it's it's hard to really know what to say, but I mean, freshman year, um, you're kind of walking around looking at these. Uh, big upperclassmen. I mean, you got my freshman year, you got like AJ Beal walking around the hallway. You're like, if I touch that guy, he's probably going to pound me in the ground, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, it's definitely a little bit intimidating your first year. Um, but then you get comfortable. And I mean, by sophomore year, you're already walking around the hallways, like you're the stuff, you know? Um, and then you realize you're not, but no, that's the problem. I think we have with seniors, especially their first week. I was talking to, uh, I think Coach Preston or somebody saying, or maybe it was Mr. Edens, about how the freshmen or the seniors, when they start off their first week of senior year, it's like there's no one there to check them anymore. They realize like we're the uh, we're the the top dogs now, and that first week is just miserable. Like I love the senior class because by the time you know we get into it, they act more. Most of them act more mature, but that first week I'm just like, all right, guys, like I get it, you're seniors now, but that doesn't mean you have to act like you're freshmen just because you're top dogs or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so you, you will now be starting to think about college, just soccer factor anywhere into that, or how's that a process? I know we're still pre- pretty early on, but how's that process going for you? Yeah, I'd say it's going pretty smoothly. Uh, when it comes to college, I really would love to play soccer, but I also know that um, when it comes to the future, um, it's more important academically to, to pick that over um, sports when it comes to college because – I mean, it's just four extra years. It would be awesome to play soccer, but um, I'm going to be picking somewhere that um, is more important to me academically and culture-wise um, because I think that's more important for my future. But um, thankfully, two of the places that my top of my list right now um, have a pretty good chance of me playing soccer there, which is uh, really cool just to see how that kind of worked out. I wasn't really thinking about soccer, but... Once I kind of dialed in those two, I was like, man, I think I actually could have a chance to play here if I want to. Yeah, and this is the same guy that uh, I released the schedule poster or whatever, and he's like, hey, uh, do you know what games you're broadcasting yet? I'm like, I mean, we kind of just go about the season. We have a a loose schedule. He's like, well, can you give me that schedule because I want to make sure these coaches are watching it. And uh, we have our first broadcast on, I believe it's Tuesday. Who do you all have on Tuesday? Remind me. Tuesday is uh, New Pal. New Pal. So we'll have that broadcast on the Whiteland Beat Sports Network. So I'm hoping that since I gave you that schedule, the coach is going to be watching. Oh, I sure hope so. Um, I'll definitely be emailing him and be like, hey, you better tune in. Or or at least tuning in after the fact. Um, he seemed pretty interested. So He should really get a kick out of Jazzy on the call. We've been we've been talking about uh, Jazzy Carr, and she's been doing our soccer games. And she is, uh, if the game is not entertaining, at least she will be. So uh, hopefully he gets a kick out of that. Now, I want to talk about your sister, Macy, because she was obviously here for most of your high school uh, years as well, first two at least. She she graduated two years ago. Yeah. 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 So what was it like? You mentioned kind of having them say, hey, this is what high school is like. Don't really sweat it. What was it like having a sibling kind of to help you along in the first two years? Yeah, it was – I didn't really see her a whole lot in the hallway um, and anything like that. But I would say the biggest thing that she helped with was, well, obviously – um, for some of you who don't know, she was a salutatorian, so she was taking all these crazy hard classes and stuff like that, um, which is kind of like our whole family's done that. But um, the biggest thing was just like uh, courses and teachers. Like my older brother told me, he was like, uh, don't take this class. You can just take it in college, and it's not really worth it, um, which I have stuck to that because I, I trust him. So, um, But, yeah, for Macy, she, I mean, basically took every AP class there is. So um, it was really nice to be able to be like, hey, like, is this worth it? Or... Um, is it going to be something that I can actually do with the crazy schedule I have? So well, I would say classes and 
um, just an outlook on what it might look like. She was always interested with what my schedule looked like, and uh, that was definitely very helpful. Do you get along pretty well with uh, both Macy and Dalton, your older siblings, or all your siblings in general too? Yeah, so um, I, I get along with Macy probably the best. Um, me and Dalton kind of always uh, argued a lot when we were younger. So my freshman year, he was a senior. That year was probably the closest we've ever been. Um, we were both on the soccer team together, both on varsity. Um, I was lucky enough to make the varsity team my freshman year, which was really cool to play with him. Um, and then obviously I was a kicker and he was a kicker as well. So we were basically everywhere, always with each other, which um, sometimes led to some arguments as well. But um, I don't think I've ever been as close with him as that. And then, But with Macy, we grew up being closer. We were uh, two years apart, like you said. And uh, we always... I mean, messed around and stuff like that. So me and Macy were always the tightest when we were kids, and still now we keep up when she's in college all the way in Arizona. But we still text and call or whatever just to make sure, you know, we're keeping up with each other. So Yeah, and I see that she's got her uh, Macy Macy roasts or whatever where she's always sharing the coffee. Spot. Are you a big coffee guy yourself? Um, You know. Has she made you into a coffee person? She's made, the, she's made me uh, know what all the coffee shops are, which I don't know if I needed to know, but I want to say I'm a big coffee person. I enjoy coffee. Um, I really just enjoy anything but water. Like I, okay. I always drink water, but, um, I just have this like odd addiction where if it's not water, like I'll just chug it. Like right, I there's a diet Pepsi it. right there in front of you. If you want to want to give it a go. I mean, I, I might big polar pop XL football <laughs> coaches hooked me up there and they're watching film over in the locker room right now. And, uh, actually if, if we're listening to this, uh, we will have coach Preston on, later in this podcast as well we're going to be starting to do a new uh new segment he just wants to talk football like somewhere publicly i think once a week i'm just going to give him that outlet on this podcast so um but let's also talk to uh your family's very involved in church you've got your jesus uh, loves you uh, hat of course how yeah. would you say that faith has played a role in your upbringing and just you as a person yeah um i think it probably plays one of the biggest role especially just in my parents parenting style um a lot of my friends know that they're one one of the more strict parents uh, of my friend groups you tends to be, which um, as I get older, it gets more annoying, but also uh, more understandable at the same time. Because, I mean, you look back to like elementary school, I was going to bed at like eight o'clock. Oh, that was and, me too. Don't worry. And I was like, oh man, this is, I was like, this is awful. All my friends are staying up till nine or 10 and like, this is terrible. But I mean, looking back, I was like, I mean, I actually had energy back then. Like I could actually, I was actually getting sleep. So, um, it's one of those things where the older I get, some of the rules change and some of them are still annoying. But then I look back at some of the other things and I'm like, yeah, it probably was pretty helpful. Yeah, I know that uh, one of the things for me has always been uh, when I was going to bed at eight o'clock and you get that daylight savings, you're like, how am I supposed to sleep? It's still light outside. And uh, but, you know, parents keeping you out of trouble, that's that's probably for the best. Um, what would you say too, along with your faith, you know, on a day to day basis, what's that look like for you? You know, it kind of it kind of changes day to day. Um, on a, on a good day, hopefully, I'm um, praying and, and and reading my Bible, and, and it affects the rest of my day for sure. But um, you know, it it really just is helpful as a reminder, like what you were saying earlier about me being a like quote unquote nice guy. Uh, just helpful reminder in the morning, just to you know get up and be like, um, it's a it's a refresher for me, just to kind of be in the Word and and be praying often. Uh, helps me uh, relax and not need to um, take out my anger or anything on other people because, I mean, that's not what we're called to do. Um, and uh, it just helps with um, probably my state of mind, the biggest thing. There's no reason to argue for no reason, which I still do a lot, but 
um, it just helps with my state of mind, I guess is the biggest thing. Yeah, don't argue with me as a TA. You haven't done it yet, but I always get, it seems like at every point of a, of a TA's relationship with me, they start to argue with me at some point. And I'm like, you realize you quote unquote work for me, right? Like it's not the other way around. So, so far you've been doing a good job. I'll give you that. Oh um, man. I know you were, you were wanting to take the class. You're like, I just don't know if I can fit in the schedule. I've got this. I'm like, just do this, call some soccer games for us. And you'll be uh, on your second call, I guess on Wednesday, right? Are you signed up for that with Probably yeah. our job and uh, and David on the call. So you're, I know you're excited. And we actually had Coach Van Horn on the on the first. Bro- How would you rate his broadcast skills? Oh, uh, it's actually really helpful to have him on the call, having that soccer knowledge from a coach. Is he'd be like, oh, so what do you think about this, Van Horn? You know, and um, for those of you who don't know, Van Horn is probably one of the most awkward people in the school building. Um, you try to have a conversation with him, and he's like, if he's not like super comfortable, he's just like staring at you, saying like, yep. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I've had that conversation, okay. and I'm pretty so, comfortable with Van Horn. He still does that to me. Oh yeah, like I've I've been talking to him since freshman year, obviously, and you know I'll walk by him in the hallway and be like, "What's up, Van Horn?" He just kind of looks side to side, and you know, hey, are, are you oh you're talking to me? Yeah, uh, are you sure you're talking to me? So, and I'm like, dude, like who else am I talking to? But yeah, um, he was a lot more uh, comfortable on the podcast than I expected. I was like, oh man, here we go. He's just gonna be saying, "Yep, sounds good," like you know. But he was he was helpful. He was insightful for sure. What would you say your best Van Horn story is from the last four years? There's got to be one that sticks out. Oh man, this might take a second to think of. There's definitely some good ones. Um, oh geez, he uh, he said some funny things. Some I probably shouldn't repeat. <laughs> um, I would say my favorite thing <laughs> these these last four years is uh, every year we always make fun of him for his donut addiction. It's like oh man. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I think you were there. Uh, he was on the phone with someone walking into practice, and it was me and Hardjob, and we were like, "Oh man, he's probably Colin Duncan." And then <laughs> yes. Hardjob, you know, going back and forth, just messing with him. We were like, uh, "Can we? Uh, can I order my weekly usual?" You know, and then Hardjob says, "Like, just add it to the monthly tab." You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just kind of, he's he's easy to joke with. He's not gonna get all mad or anything like that. So that's it's kind of fun to just mess around with him. Yeah, I think too. You know, we this isn't necessarily a sports podcast. We talked. I'll talk a lot of sports. It seems like here at Whiteland we have a lot of coaches that, you know, athletes are pretty able to get along with and, you know, build those good relationships. And it's different for every sport, but uh, Coach Van Horn, he's, he like you said, he, he can be a little bit odd sometimes, but he's also one of the, the best people to talk to. He's super fun. And then, too, you've got you've got some young assistants as well. Uh, Anthony, who's in uh, – uh, Anthony Thomas, who's in the in the building. And then uh, Connor Swats, who was uh, an intern, I believe, for the athletic department for a little while. What's it like having those young guys as part of the program? Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, we also have another coach. His, uh, his name's Phil. He's an older guy, but yeah, the younger guys. It, it's really cool because a lot like Connor played under Van Horn a couple of years back, um, and it's it's cool to have his perspective because he's like, yeah, I've literally been in your exact spot before. Um, I know what Van Horn is looking for. I know what he expects of all the guys. Um, so it's cool to have have, have his perspective. Um, and then with Anthony, he's probably. Um, I don't know how much you've talked to him, but he's probably one of the most uh, chill guys I've ever met Very chill, in yeah. my life. Like, he'll he's easy to have a conversation with. Like, he's super relaxed. He's not like I don't think I've ever heard him scream ever, ever in a game. Like Van Horn's over here screaming his head off, and Anthony's just sitting on the bench eating his, you know, he's going, he's eating what is it the, uh, oh man, I can't remember what they're called, sunflower seeds. Yeah, he's he's got like a different flavor of sunflower seeds every week. He's just sitting on the bench. Someone comes off the field and he's like. Hey, uh, let's just do this different next time. <laughs> Van Horn's over there, like blowing steam out of his ears, and you know. I've always been interested to see like what would happen if, for certain sports, you switch the coaches. So like Mags was coaching the boys, and Van Horn was coaching the girls. What Mags would be like coaching you guys? Because I mean, you're not necessarily playing 
under him, but you are obviously right across the field during practice. So you can hear when he's yelling and talk about a guy that's vocal. You can hear Mags from a mile away when he's yelling. I would, I would love to know what that would be like to play for Mags. Oh yeah, that would be, that would be fun. I actually have a pretty good relationship with Mags. He was my teacher, uh, last year for English 11. And, uh, you know, we always have that soccer, you know, bond, I guess I could say. We were just always talking during class about whatever. Um, I think he'd be a great coach. He has, he probably has like one of the most soccer knowledge um, than a, a guy I've ever met in my life. He has a lot of experience with um, different formations and different kinds of athletes, you know. So I think he would be a perfect coach, but he probably is extremely patient too. I know that the girls' soccer team, their, their, uh, Team chemistry this year is like insanely good, but the past couple of years, whenever he first started, um, my freshman year, there was a lot of drama, and like every year it got less and less. Like he works really hard at that, you know, team chemistry and everything. So that's really impressive on his part. I would love to do. We'd have to get permission from like the coaches, the parents, the administration, everybody. But after the season's over, because you all have so many seniors on your team, the girls have a lot of seniors on their team. Maybe bring in some juniors that want to play if we if we needed to, but do like a. Uh, uh, co-ed all-star game between you know just have Van Horn coach one team have Mags coach another and do like a senior inter- intermingled all-star game and see how that would how that would shape up oh yeah that would be that would be fun that would that could get interesting that's for sure uh I could definitely see Mags and Van Horn getting really competitive about oh yeah that. those are I mean those are two guys that are very competitive I mean Mags is out here yesterday at the GCA game and he said he's going to tell me tomorrow exactly he's like there was this technical rule that, you know, it's very technical and the um, the referee didn't understand what was going on. And I am and I was like, we were sitting here, I'm like, what are we doing? Because all of a sudden, Edens is talking to the two officials. I'm like, that's a guy that knows his soccer. He knows the rule book front and backward, and he's going to make sure that you know it too because he's he's not going to let anything slide. Um, so those, yeah, def- definitely two very competitive soccer coaches. Now, after soccer season's over, what's next? Because this is, your, you know, this is your only sport that you play. So what's what's the rest of the year going to look like for you? What are you going to do with all that free time? Yeah, so probably um, still play some travel, maybe. Well, I don't know if I'll play travel this year, just because it's senior year. I'm actually thinking I'm going to pick up golf. Okay, I, I play golf for fun all the time, and I'm like, you know, senior year, free golf every day after school sounds kind of nice. Yeah, um, for so those that don't know, your uh, cousin is Will Jefferson. Yep, and I actually got a chance to golf with him over the summer, and he was like, "Yeah, I've been playing a lot with Elliot," and I'm like really Elliot Goss he's like well he's he's not the best but he's, he's getting there so <laughs> yeah. so you think about joining a Webby's uh, band of misfits there then oh yeah for sure Webby brought in a lot of guys last year that didn't really play golf but sometimes I think it's also if I could go back and do it all over again you get to go out in the spring and it starts off kind of cold but by the end of the season it's warm and you're getting to golf for free every single day so at the very least you're getting free golf yeah, yeah, I'd say golf was probably the second thing I was most disappointed about whenever I broke my collarbone because I was sitting there, I was like, oh, darn it, I'm not going to be able to play soccer this whole summer. Oh, crap, I can't swing a golf club. I did see, did I not see a video, though, of you one-arm swinging a driver? Oh, yeah, that's the best drive I've ever had. Like, I, I can't ever hit a driver better with two hands than I did with one hand. It was like the most pure swing I've ever had. And somehow now I'm still swinging with two hands. I'm like, what am I doing? Just go back to one. See, now you got to get ready for... Uh, the the Whiteland Golf Scramble after you graduate and start preparing yourself for that. I'm gonna need uh need some new teammates here in a, in a few years. Um, my team is not up to par, uh, and if Dave Hukin, <laughs> our head custodians, listen to this, it's not not a shot at you, Dave. But <laughs> we could really I'm I'm trying to go I'm trying to win, and we did not come close to winning last year. So we need to get some guys that uh maybe can swing better. So be practicing for that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm always playing golf if I got free time. Aside from the fact that I'm like 
poor whenever I play golf. <laughs> yeah, that's not it's not cheap. That's for sure. Now, uh, also with soccer being on, on the road this past weekend, you had to miss the first football game. I know that was kind of a bummer for you. So what are you looking forward to most about uh, being able to attend some Friday night games, getting in a student section? Oh, man, uh, those those student sections during football season is definitely one of my favorite things, just like screaming my head off, you know. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, the student section for football is probably one of the biggest, like, builders of this Whiteland community. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it brings together all the sports that, like, are outside of football. You know, you're – I'm there with, you know, B-Roy, obviously, and Austin. Um, I don't really talk to basketball guys a whole lot, but whenever you're cheering for a game, you're like, I don't care who I'm standing next with. I'm going to talk to him. We're going to have a good time. We're going to, you know. Um, so it's it's really cool to have that school spirit and community with, like, whoever's there. You Would know? you say that football is probably your second favorite sport after soccer? Or what it, You know, if, what, if you're going to sit down and watch a game, what are you watching? Oh, man. I, yeah, I would say so. I don't know if I would enjoy playing. I well, I've gone back and forth a lot. I think I might enjoy playing an actual position. Kicker was not for me. It was pretty boring. But some I don't know if you've seen the video, but I definitely took a football hit on a guy during uh, during Speedway last Tuesday. Um, but I yeah, I did see that video. Yes, I actually think they you're you're charging up the field, just like almost looked like a a, a dog chasing a ball that <laughs> was thrown down the field like playing fetch. I'm like. There it goes, and there's Elliot, and now it's there's the ball bounced up again. There's Elliot, and then like, oh, boom, he just laid that guy out. Yeah. Did you get carded for that? Yeah, I definitely got a yellow card. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a red. A um, little see. bit of an emotional game for me. So yeah, I, he went right into that one for sure. Oh, yeah. Elliot, you also now, not to throw any shade, but you hold uh, a status that only a few hold here as one of the few people you didn't guarantee a win, but to say this should be a game that we will win on an interview, and then it did not finish that way. So I'll give you a chance to respond. Uh, about your your statements from earlier last week, yeah, I would say my statement was uh, should have been correct. Um, we went we went into that game with um, three starters out for injury and lots of moving pieces, and then um, it was just rough. Like they went out and scored three goals within the first like ten minutes, and we were just sitting there like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like it was the same side of the field that it happened on every single goal. And they had some fast guys up top, and we just weren't ready. We weren't ready at all. Um, so it was definitely one of those moments where we were kind of like at halftime, like screaming at each other, and then we had to rein in and be like, listen, we need to come back, which we didn't. But um, not the greatest start to the season. And we go in on Thursday, play probably the best soccer our program has ever seen, aside from a couple other moments. But we played very, very well against probably a top 15 team in the state. So Now, after you mentioned the, the rough weekend this weekend, how do you keep guys, as a leader, how do you keep guys focused and motivated saying, hey, we know this isn't us. We've played some really good soccer. We've just come up on the short. And it's not like, you know, you go out and play really good football against a team that you think you should beat. You're probably going to beat them, right? You can play really good soccer and just the nature of the game is, you know, one bad touch or one through ball that you just can't get to or something like that, and it's a completely different game. So how do you keep guys focused on it's a long season, this isn't the start we wanted, but we still have a, a long way to go? Yeah, that's definitely something that we've been, a lot of us leaders, like we've had like a ton of talks about it, you know, um, on the bus last, uh, last night we were all talking, we were like, um, we've been saying all these things, we've been, um, trying to build people up during the game and like, what do we need to do different? Cause obviously 0-4 to start is not, uh, not ideal, especially with what we're looking for this season. We thought we were going to be one of the best teams to come through this program and we're like, what are we doing wrong? 
Um, and I think that that's probably the first step is that we all know that we can be better and we all know that um, there's something we have to be doing. So we're all doing like um, hard job was telling me he was like, yeah, the Sunday um, I'm going to try and relax and get it off my mind. But I'm also going to do some research, like look at college coaches, stuff like that. Like what are their angles from this kind of thing? Because we should be way better than how we're playing. Um, and we're just kind of talking to the guys and we're like, listen, um, if you're not going to put in the work and if you're not going to be going to the game with energy, like, why are you here? Like, why are you here to play if you're not going to want to win? So definitely just trying to do our best to come from different angles, motivate guys differently, learning what kind of criticism each guy needs, stuff like that. And it's got to be tough, too, because we had uh, Jacob Smith on the Glory Days podcast this past week. He came back for one, and he was mentioning, you know, last year that during football season, everything I did was for football. I would go to bed at a good time for football. I would not eat junk food because of football. And then after football was over, he's like, yeah, screw that. I'm, I'm back to doing what I want to do. So how do you balance you know, being so bought in during season, but also, you know, you're a kid still, right? You want to, you want to enjoy your high school and not like, I would, I would assume maybe not want to make everything in your life about soccer, but also wanting to have that dedication, knowing what it takes to get to the next level. Yeah. That's definitely one of the hardest things. Um, because you're sitting here, you're like, this is high school. Like I don't need to be wasting all my time on a sport, but it's also like, this is high school. I want to waste my time on a sport. You know what I mean? It's like the both angles. So it's, it's a tough mix to get. But, like, going to sleep early, like what you are saying, eating well, like, those are things that are difficult as a high schooler, but it's also, like, those are things you should be doing anyways for mm-hmm. your well-being. So, it's kind of like a two-way street, you know what I mean? Like, you should be doing both. Um, and then, when it comes to, like, time that it takes, it's just like, well, what else am I going to be doing, you know? In the off-season, I'm either sitting at home doing nothing or I'm at, like, work or something. So, it might as well be working here with my friends that I've been playing with since sixth grade. So I think the, and like, like I just said, since sixth grade, like we're, we're all brothers. We've all known each other for so long and we've all been playing each other. So we all know each other. We all know what our tendencies are and stuff like that. So why would we waste time doing something random when we could be all with each other, working hard for each other? So I would say too, probably with the uh, healthy eating that you're mentioning, like, Right now, you're probably like, oh, yeah, I'm in great shape. And then you'll, you know, stop eating healthy. And then you'll be like my age. And you're like, for example, I played tennis my junior and senior year. And I would think to myself, I'm I'm pretty out of shape and te- and during tennis season in high school. And now I look back and I think to myself, wow, I was in such great shape. I, if I could have just kept that up, I would be fine. So definitely uh, take advantage of your fast metabolism, your healthy diet, and running around on a field for, you know, 80 minutes a game. Because once that stops it's going to be a lot tougher for you to uh, stay in that such a great shape. Yeah, that's what my brother keeps telling me. He's He uh, gained uh, gained some weight. The freshman would, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, he, and he keeps, I keep making fun of him, you know, because I'm his brother. I'm like, dude, like, you're so fat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, it's coming to you. And I'm like, well, not if I play soccer in college. I'll, I'll be able to stay in shape. And he's like, well, after that. That's know? always the thing is, like, you watch these, like, uh, linemen in, in college and NFL, once they stop playing, they a lot of times they tr- they end up slimming down. A lot of them because they are. There's a, a radio show I was listening to, and they said they would eat four or five pizzas during training camp a day because their coaches needed them to stay like heavy. Yep. And then the opposite happens for the guys that were really fit, like the wide receivers and the running backs. Yep. You see them, and they're like, "Ooh, they ballooned up because they weren't doing that." So right. it's kind of funny how that flip flops. 
But Elliot, I want to thank you for being on Chit Chat with Corley. It's a pleasure. You're going to be in class tomorrow on time, correct? Of course. I'm never late. Never. That's good. I wish you could uh, spread some of that to some other people in our program. <laughs> I'll try my best. Yeah. And uh, I think, speaking of Coach Preston, he's actually going to be stopping in and giving a pep-up speech to the radio TV class, so get ready for that. Oh, that man, that's be, exciting. That should be fun. I'm not really sure how he's going to equate what he's what he preaches in football to radio TV, but I told him he had the floor for the first 10 minutes if he wanted oh, it. Oh, so. jeez. We'll see how it goes. We're going to be getting the football experience. Yeah, the full football experience. But uh, thanks again. Good luck with the rest of your season. And, uh, you know, if we uh, if I'm struggling to find some guests at the end of the year, we'll have to have you back on and see uh, how things have wrapped up for yeah. you. Yeah, that'll be fun. I appreciate you having me. We're going to get right back to chit-chat with Corley. But first, a quick reminder that the Whiteland Beat Sports Network has a packed schedule for you this week in terms of live games. You're not going to want to miss it. Boys soccer taking on New Pal at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, it's senior night for the girls' soccer team as they host Greenwood at 5.30. Back to boys' soccer on Thursday against Greenwood as well at 5.30. And finally, our first football broadcast of the year. at senior night. It's a home game against a very tough Lawrence North squad. That's going to be Friday night at 7 o'clock. Make sure to tune in. You're not going to miss it. And now, speaking of football, let's catch up with Coach John Preston. We are excited to welcome back on to the Chit Chat with Corley podcast, defensive coordinator for Whiteland Football, John Preston. Coach, this is obviously a safe space for you to talk football here on a Sunday, not that you need any other reason to do so. Welcome back on. Thank you. I've, yeah, I'm excited we're going to start this up. I think this is a pretty good idea, something I've been thinking about wanting to do for a while here, so I like it. Now, we obviously had a chance to talk uh, after the game on Friday, but you've had a chance to let the weekend kind of digest. You've seen some freshmen and JV football as well on Saturday. So let's just start off with kind of overall thoughts on week one. I know maybe not the first half is definitely something you all weren't <laughs> expecting, but second half seemed like you guys responded well. Yeah, so uh, week one's tough, right? Week one's tough for everybody. But when you have to go on the road, I think it's uh, it, it's especially it adds that extra element. Um, I don't think we were necessarily um, – we handled the road trip well. Um, I think that kind of laid into the first quarter a little bit for us. I don't know if we were necessarily ready to go off the bat. Um and, you know, truthfully, what happened was, you know, defensively at least, uh, yeah, you look and you say, well, you have, you know, a bunch of seniors and juniors coming back and playing, but really we only have three guys that are playing the same position they played last year for us defensively. Other than that, um, we have guys rotating around, playing new. So it, it was, you know, bright lights turned on on Friday night, and I think some of those cats had to get used to it and get their first kind of Friday night feelings out of the way before we really kind of settled down and played much better defensively. Um, Good team too. Columbus see uh, much improved from where they were last year, uh, so that you know that laid into it too. Um, again, I don't think we played poorly. Um, I just don't think we necessarily played as well as we did the second half. We didn't. We definitely didn't execute like we did in the second half. Um, we brought the freshman JV. That was fun. Uh, you know, anytime we can go through and win a weekend is a good time. Um, but I was really, really impressed with that freshman group. Um, I don't know what you know what you know about them coming in as eighth graders, but there was only about twenty something kids in that eighth grade class um, that played football, and we wanted to boost those numbers. Um, and we got them up to forty five kids right now, and a lot of them are just learning football. And so that was their first ever game day experience, and that was the best Columbus East freshman team we've seen in a long time. And they were able to squeak out a win. Um, well, they got a safety in the fourth quarter with a minute left to win the game, which was pretty cool. Um, not not many games that you're going to win. No, the no. Safety in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 14-14 and a half. Not another point score until the safety um, at the end, which was pretty cool. And then JV just uh, performed really, really well. So good, good weekend for Whiteland for sure. So going back to the varsity game on Friday, I was talking with my uncle after the game, and I said, you know, I wonder when you ask a coach, and so we'll ask you, 
is there some frustration or how do you look at it? So one side you might say, well, you don't want to be peaking on the first game of the season. We'll yeah. be playing solid, obviously. Mm -hmm. But also there has to be some frustration, maybe at least with the first half, that you've had all summer to prepare. And then, you know, in the first half there were some struggles. So how do you balance the, you know, hey, we we know that we are not even playing our best football yet with also, hey, we've we've had all summer to get to get ready for this game. So the exciting part is is that a, a good team gets better um, week one to week two. Yeah, you know, that's our base things we have and we got stuff to get better on. Um Truthfully, we weren't upset with our guys at halftime or after the game. It's just like, it's like, guys, like, I've seen what you put on film all summer, and this just wasn't it. And so it, we didn't, we weren't trying to get on them. Um, you know, it, no one's hitting the panic button or anything. It's just like, we know you can do better, and we're going to require you to do better because that's, you know, when you show it to me one time, like I tell them, when you show it to me one time, I'm going to expect it every time. And so it, that was probably the most disappointing thing for us was it wasn't, you know, schematically or us just getting out physical or anything like that. We were as physical as we've been game one or week one. Um, you know, we had some guys who do some really, really good things. So there were some highlights. I mean, Blake Driver, you know, coming out of nowhere, uh, just dominated the middle of the field all night. Uh, you know, that was exciting. Scotty Harden, Peyton Dotson dominated a defensive line. Um, Nyrus, you know, coming back from injury, people forget that he kind of, the end of his year last year, he was injured. And so this was kind of his first thing, you know, stepping back, being fully healthy, played great football for us at corner. And so there were some guys that did some really good things that we are excited about. It also seemed too, uh, just looking back at it, like you all did a very good job of limiting uh, mistakes in terms of penalties. I think there was yeah. only two or three penalties all game long. Yeah. How proud of you were your guys for staying disciplined? Uh, it's good. You know, we, we the cheap stuff, the, the you know five yards for the false or the jumping offside stuff like that. That's stuff that just hurts us. You know, third and short stuff like that. We really only limited to. You're right. I think we had two calls, um, and that's okay. As a D line coach, I'm gonna live with those um, jumping offsides. But no pass interferences, nothing like that. No late hits. So it really disciplined defensive football for sure. And then as we look forward, obviously Lawrence North, 6A school, a tough opponent. Last year we're supposed to supposed to play them as well, but uh, obviously had the the COVID situation in last year. So when I was talking to Coach Renard, Coach uh, Rudy over in the in the film room, they said they've got some receivers that are just very athletic, very talented. How do you how do you prepare for a team when you don't? You know, we see a lot of athleticism in the mid-state, but you don't necessarily see that kind of athleticism. So how do you go Absolutely, about preparing yeah. this week? Uh, this is, yeah, you're, I mean, you described that pretty well. This is a challenge. We do see this talent uh, in the mid-state, but maybe not at the skill position, uh, you know, skill position as much as they have right now. I mean, you're talking wide receiver-wise, they got cats that can run, and they're fast. And so it, it, it's more understanding that, okay, this team is is a group of guys that you know they run an RPO offense, high high tempo, great quarterback, great running back. Um, but it, it's not really a scheme week. You know, there's nothing in that world. We got to run the football. We got to tackle well. Uh, we got to create some turnovers, um, and we got to identify you know who and when they're trying to get the ball to certain people. Um, it, it's you know you, you we're not scared, uh, you know, but you do have to worry about speed, and you got to put yourself in the best position possible to make plays, and that, so that's what we're that's why we're here now, we're, and that's what we're coming up with right uh, today is how can we take our athletes and and put them uh, in the best possible position for, to compete against their athletes. Well, we won't keep you too long. I know you want to get over there and watch some film, but I understand uh, from those coaches that you are starting kind of a new tradition where you're 
kind of playing uh, chef each Sunday. What, <laughs> yeah. what do we got for the guys today? Uh, so today we have, uh, it, I don't know, me and my family, we call it, just call it chicken linguine, but uh, it's this pasta dish that's famous in the Preston household. Uh, it's about 12 pounds of chicken over there and about uh, five boxes of pasta. So That'll um, be enough to feed uh, at least yeah, Coach Renard. Yeah, we got, yes. Hopefully hopefully there's some left over when we're done here. But uh, it, it's a staple in, in my in my growing up. Um, I wanted to – our guys work incredibly hard. Our coaches work incredibly hard. I mean, you're asking them to give up Sundays um, to come in here and talk defensive football with me. And so I, I, I need, I'm trying to find ways to reward them. You know, uh, last week we smoked a pork butt, and then who knows where we, we kind of – I kind of let, you know, Coach Rudolph and Coach Renard, for obvious reasons, decide what they want to eat that weekend. So – Perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll let you get over to it, and uh, best of luck this weekend. We'll be up there, or rather, it's a at home game. At home, we'll have yeah. that broadcast on the Whiteland Beat Sports Network. So excited to have you guys back at home and uh, see what we can do. Awesome. Thank you.